everyone. Welcome back to The Dark Side. I'm your host, Sherry. Hope you all are doing well. Today's story is about a young man named Chandler Halderson who had a lot of good stuff going for him. He's in college and living at home. He works for an insurance company, but he's got a new job lined up at SpaceX and was getting ready to move to Florida and start his career working for Elon Musk. But in July of 2021, He reports his parents missing after they didn't return home from a quick trip to their cabin three hours away. As police investigate, they learn things aren't adding up and Chandler's version of events may need a closer look. This is episode 102, The Case of Chandler Halderson. This story takes place in 2021. Joe Biden was sworn in as the 46th president. The U.S. military withdrew from Afghanistan. Juneteenth became a federal holiday. The Summer Olympics were held in Tokyo, Japan. Broadway, which had been closed for 18 months due to the COVID-19 pandemic, reopened and audiences returned to see stage productions. The Super Bowl in 2021 had less than 25,000 fans in the stands, which is a record. This is due to the pandemic as well. Most of the audience was healthcare workers who had been vaccinated. It was definitely strange to see so many empty seats. Chandler Halderson was born March 15, 1998, to parents Bart and Krista. At the time of this story in 2021, Chandler is 23 years old. He has an older brother named Mitchell, who is 24. Mitchell had graduated college and moved out and gotten a house with his girlfriend, and they live 30 minutes away, and he works at a software developing firm. Chandler is in college and lives at home with his parents in Wisconsin. He had his own apartment for a while with a roommate, but had moved back in with his parents in 2020. A lot of younger people were doing that at the time due to the pandemic. Chandler works as an IT administrator for American Insurance Agency while still juggling school at Madison Technical College. He also volunteered as a scuba diver for the Department of Natural Resources and the local police department. He had recently accepted a position at SpaceX. If you're not familiar with SpaceX, they manufacture and launch rocket ships and other spacecrafts. The company is owned by Elon Musk. It's incredibly hard to get into, and they only accept 0.2% of applicants. It's harder to get into than Harvard or Princeton. So for Chandler to be one of the ones selected is a huge deal. He will have to move to Florida, and he has plans to take his girlfriend with him. His girlfriend's name is Catherine, but she goes by Cat. Cat had recently begun looking at luxury houses for them to move into in Florida. Bart and Krista are Chandler's parents. Bart is 50 years old and Krista is 53. They both attended the same college and they've been married since 1994. Bart works as a manager at a local accounting firm. Krista works as an administrative assistant for Zimbrock Automotive. Bart played golf and was involved in the Boy Scouts and enjoyed home remodeling and woodworking. Krista loved arts and crafts and going to sports games with Bart. She was also a really good cook. 
But most of all, they were devoted parents. They loved their two boys so much and were incredibly proud as any parents would be. Both boys were successful and seemed to have turned into good people, which is a relief for any parent. Bart and Krista gave their kids all the tools they would need to succeed. Both boys were in scouts growing up and achieved the rank of Eagle Scouts. Bart and Krista supported them any way they could, and they seemed like anyone would be happy to have them as parents. Krista was known to be a bit of an overbearing parent, and I don't mean that in an insulting way, but she was always wanting to know what they're doing, what time they'd be home, don't forget your coat, even though the boys were in their early 20s. But she did everything out of love for them and because she cared. On Friday, July 2nd, 2021, Bart and Krista are supposed to be at work, but they don't show up to their jobs. Bart's co-workers find it strange that he didn't arrive at work, and across town, Krista's co-workers are wondering why she didn't arrive either. These two people are so reliable and predictable that their colleagues are super concerned right off the bat when the workday had started and they haven't shown up or called in saying that they were going to be late. Coworkers tried to call and text Bart and Krista, but didn't get an answer. Krista has a coworker named Daniel, and they were close friends. Daniel told CBS News he was extremely bothered because it's so unusual for Krista to miss work, especially a no-call, no-show. He decided later that day that he would drive over to their house and see if they were home. So Daniel and his girlfriend headed over, and when they arrived, they knocked on the door but didn't get an answer. They looked into the windows and saw a coffee table was on its side, but that's the only red flag. There was some remodeling going on in the house, but besides that, everything looked completely normal. Things became even more strange when they peered into the garage window and saw both Bart and Krista's cars were in the garage. Daniel starts to walk towards the back of the house, and Chandler comes out the door wearing only a towel. He said he didn't hear them knocking since he was in the shower, but he says, hey, what's going on? Daniel explains to Chandler that he is a co-worker of his mom and that she didn't call or show up to work this morning. Chandler tells Daniel that his parents left early this morning because they had an emergency at their family's cabin. So the Haldersons own a cabin about three hours away. It's been in Krista's family for decades and was a nice little vacation spot in a remote area right next to a lake. Chandler says there was some kind of plumbing emergency up there and they had to leave. Another couple picked them up, which explains why both cars are still there. Chandler says he doesn't know the other couple, just that they were his parents' friends. He also said the reason why they weren't answering their phones is likely because the cell phone service is horrible there. You can barely get a signal. This is a relief to Daniel, but he still found it odd that Krista never called to say she wasn't going to be at work. You figure she would call while they're on the road or whatever, but she never did, and neither did Bart. No one knew about this trip, not their friends, co-workers, or their older son, Mitchell. The only one who knew about it was 23-year-old Chandler. Daniel and Chandler exchanged numbers, and over the weekend, Daniel would call Chandler and ask if he'd heard from his parents. On Sunday, July 4th, Daniel says Chandler called him and said he was bored. Daniel invited him and his girlfriend, Kat, to come over and watch the fireworks with his family. 
While there, Chandler tells Daniel that he spoke to his parents and they will be home Monday, which is a relief to Daniel. Chandler says his mom said that they were sticking around to watch the 4th of July parade up there. He got a text and the text read, made it safely, can't get anything through, and yes, it's packed, going to White Lake today for the parade and will be home Monday night slash early Tuesday. Love you lots. Monday arrives and Krista and Bart did not show up for work again. Tuesday, Wednesday go by and still no one has heard from them. Daniel calls Chandler and tells him he should file a missing persons report. Chandler goes to the Dane County Sheriff's Office and reports his parents missing. Friends are super concerned because they're wondering a few things. Was there some kind of car accident and they went off the side of the road and other cars can't see them? Did they get in the canoe at the lake and there was some kind of boating accident? Who was this mystery couple that allegedly picked them up? Did they get kidnapped? Chandler says his parents packed their stuff, including half of their liquor cabinet the night before. And then that morning they got in the car with these friends and off they went, which is uncharacteristic of Bart and Krista. Bart and Krista hardly drink at all. They have in the past taken a single bottle of wine to the cabin, but that's about it. Chandler said he helped his parents pack for the trip, and they definitely took alcohol and cash. Family and friends also found it odd that Chandler said they took a bunch of cash. Bart is incredibly meticulous about their finances, and he doesn't just frivolously spend money. The police head over to Bart and Krista's house to interview Chandler. He explains that his parents had this emergency they had to attend to at their cabin involving the plumbing. But instead of driving themselves, another couple picked them up. They left at 6 o'clock a.m. on Friday morning. Chandler woke up at 6.15 and they were already gone. They noticed a bandage around Chandler's toe and they asked him about it. He says a pane of glass that was in front of the fireplace had shattered and he stepped on it. Chandler said he had been playing catch with the dog and the dog crashed into it, which pissed his dad off. Now, again, the house was in the middle of being remodeled, so there were some things out of place and furniture moved around, but there's nothing else that's standing out to the police. Chandler, on top of having his parents just disappear... A couple weeks prior, he had fallen down the steps and banged his head pretty good. He went to the hospital where he was diagnosed with a mild concussion. The doctor had told him no long-distance traveling for a while, so this postponed his move to Florida to begin his job at SpaceX. He was also stuck wearing a neck brace for a while. Chandler's brother Mitchell and his girlfriend drove up to the cabin three hours away so they can see if Bart and Krista are there. They meet the Langlade County Sheriff's there, and at first they notice there's no cars outside. The grass is overgrown. There's even a fallen tree across the driveway. No one answers the door, and there's no indication that anyone has been there. They look in the shed, and the canoe is still there, and there's cobwebs on it. They know they didn't go out in the canoe and have an accident now. The police want to go inside the cabin, but can't enter without permission. They could get a search warrant, but it's a long process to do that, so the only other option is to get permission. Bart and Krista's son Mitchell is there, and he says, yes, please, kick the door in, do whatever you gotta do. So police knock down the door and go inside. 
It doesn't look like anyone has been there in months. There's also no issues with the plumbing. They walk through the cabin with Mitchell, and it's obvious Bart and Krista did not come to this cabin in months. Meanwhile, back at home, Chandler is going door-to-door to to his neighbor's houses, asking if they saw anything out of the ordinary or if their ring cameras captured anything. Neighbors told him that they already gave their ring camera footage to police. Chandler tells one neighbor that once his parents returned, he planned on giving them an earful for disappearing. They each wished Chandler well and let him know that he and his parents were in their prayers. Bart and Krista's friends were interviewed, and police decide that they want to look a little harder at Chandler since his story about his parents isn't making sense, especially since Chandler has a text message from his mom saying that they made it to the cabin safely. But again, this cabin shows there hasn't been any movement in a long time. As well, Krista's text was sent on, was sent on July 4th, and she said that they were going to go to the Independence Day parade that day at the local town up there. The police discovered that this parade had actually taken place the day before Krista allegedly sent this text message. The police receive a tip from a woman who is a family member of Chandler's girlfriend, Kat. She said last weekend, this was a few days before he reported his parents missing, Chandler and Kat had come to her farm to hang out and have a small 4th of July party. But the next day, Chandler comes back to this person's farm and he's alone and Kat's not with him and he's driving his dad's car, which is a Subaru Outback. She said Chandler asked if he could use their pool. He said the water therapy would help his concussion and his neck. This relative of Kat's is like, um, yeah, I guess you can use the pool. She thinks it's odd, but this is Kat's boyfriend. They've been dating for a couple years. He's probably okay. He gives her this sad story that his parents are missing, and he also says he will likely need surgery from his fall down the steps, and he won't be able to move to Florida and start his job at SpaceX. She doesn't want to pry, so she just tells him she hopes they are found soon. An hour later, this woman and her partner decide to get in the pool themselves, so they head out there and Chandler isn't there. In fact, the pool cover was still on. But that Subaru Outback he was driving was parked out there near a shed and the tree line. They saw the back hatch was open and they walk over there to see what's going on and Chandler's not there. About 30 minutes later, he emerges from the woods. They figure he had been hiking. He then gets in the pool, but they notice he wasn't relaxing his head and neck as he said he wanted to do his therapy. He was instead splashing water on himself, almost like he was taking a bath. This woman tells police that a couple days later, she noticed vultures circling an area on her farm, and she had never seen that before. Police venture out to her property. They start in the vicinity of where the Subaru was parked and go out to the woods. They saw some grass that was matted down and they followed the trail until they got to this odd looking moss log. The log had moss scraped off of it in parts. Near the log was a pile of brush and sticks that didn't appear natural. It was obvious someone had put them there. They begin removing sticks and brush from the pile one by one and are startled to see at the bottom a human torso. Just the torso, nothing else. I saw the photos of the torso that would eventually be shown in court. 
It was a male, and you can see the chest, the stomach, and below the belt line to the thighs. The torso had a belt still wrapped around the stomach area. There were gunshot wounds on his back. It took police a moment to really process what they were seeing in front of them. The torso they discover was a match to Bart. They also found a rusty oil drum nearby, and inside were cutting tools with blood on them. There were scissors, pruning shears, and a bone saw. The blood on them was a match to Bart and Krista. There was also a trash can on wheels that contained a tarp and duct tape. The tarp also had blood on it that matched Bart and Krista. A rifle was also found hidden in the barn at this farm where Chandler had been. There was a lot of talk about this rifle during court since police seemed to have missed it during the first search. Meanwhile, Chandler is home. He calls the police and speaks to Detective Brian Shunk. He says, hey, what's going on? There's two squad cars outside my house. Did you guys find my parents? Did something happen? The detective says the police are there likely just canvassing the neighborhood looking for anyone who may have seen them a few days ago. Chandler says, well, two more cars just pulled up. The detective assures him that it's just a shift change and they're probably just taking over. The detective plays it really cool and could win an Oscar for how hard he's trying not to let Chandler know that his dad's dismembered torso had been found riddled with gunshot wounds to his back. Chandler is concerned because now there's four police cars outside of his house. Eventually, one of the officers comes to the door and says he needs Chandler to come to the station for a follow-up. We have a few more questions about your parents we want to ask you about, and then you can come back home. They interview Chandler for two hours, and they don't tell him what they know, but eventually the detective tells him, look, we know way more than you think we do. We know what happened. You know what you did. You need to come clean. We know your parents are no longer with us and that they never went up to that cabin. If this started from an accident, you need to tell us. This is your chance to be honest. You get one shot at this. Make it count. At this point, Chandler asks for a lawyer. He is placed under arrest for providing false information in a missing persons case. Sheriff Calvin Barrett speaks to the media and tells them human remains had been found, but he asks us not to jump to conclusions since they are very early in their investigation. Kat, who is Chandler's girlfriend, is interviewed. She said that they spent the day together at her family's farm, but the next day, instead of spending the day together, Chandler said he had a lot of cleaning to do at the house before his parents got home. So he was just going to stay home and do chores. Kat was asked about her relationship with Chandler's parents, and she said they got along great. They had game nights at their house, and the four of them would, would play, and she said they were really good people. Now, Kat has something in common with you and I. Kat is a big true crime fan. She loves podcasts and documentaries and that kind of stuff. She knows what's up. She consented to a download of her phone and says, do whatever you got to do with it to show that Chandler is either guilty or innocent. So Chandler had been bragging to his friends that he was hooking up with women behind Kat's back. He's been sleeping around with other women and Kat learned of this and confronted him, but he denied it. So she says that she's going to track his location all the time on Snapchat. 
Chandler agrees to let her do this. She's like, look, you want to stay in a relationship with me? This is one of the requirements. I'm going to know where your ass is at all the time. She tells police that she found it odd that the day that he says he's staying home to clean and do all these chores, his location on Snapchat showed him somewhere else. He was 25 miles from his house and next to the Wisconsin River. This pissed Kat off because he said he was going to be home all day. So she screenshotted his location on Snapchat and saved it so she could argue with him about it later. She's probably thinking he took some other girl out to the river and they are having a picnic date or something like that. Detectives know they have to go to this location because this could be something big. They search around and don't see anything at first. But before they leave, they find a right leg and a left foot. These body parts were a DNA match to Krista. A man had come forward and said he saw Chandler that morning, or someone resembling Chandler, walking down the remote highway in this area of the river. He lived there and saw Chandler park and get out of his car. He thought it was odd because he was walking and then he turned around and walked back to his car. He also found it strange that Chandler wouldn't look at him when he walked past him. The man said that he sees people do this out front of his house all the time. They park their cars and take fishing poles and equipment down to the river, but this young man was only wearing a backpack and didn't have a fishing pole. At this point on July 8, 2021, police have enough evidence to charge Chandler with two counts of murder. We know Bart died of gunshot wounds, but it is unknown how Krista died. Police also found in the garage, inside of a shoe, wrapped in aluminum foil, was Krista's phone, Bart's phone, and both of their driver's licenses. They had been there the whole time. Chandler used Krista's phone to text himself that they arrived safely at the cabin and would be home Monday or early Tuesday. During the week his parents were missing, Chandler Halderson made a number of Google searches, and I know you guys like hearing the Google searches, so here we go. Peter Capuza. Side note, Peter Capuza is a Wisconsin man accused of killing and dismembering his cousin back in 2000. He also went on to read about the appeals in Peter Capuza's case. The Google searches continued. Body found in Wisconsin. Dead bodies found in Wisconsin. Wisconsin dismembered body found. And lastly, Bart Krista Halderson. So Chandler, we learned, has been lying to a lot of people. These weren't just showing up late to work and blaming traffic. Chandler was lying about major life events. Chandler's story was that he was studying renewable resource energy at Madison College. He was living at home with his parents and working at American Insurance Agency. The work was remote, so he didn't have to leave every day, which is good because he doesn't have a car. He also claims he was volunteering at the Madison Police Department and Department of Natural Resources as a diver. He was getting ready to move to Florida with Kat to start working at SpaceX. So what would make this promising young man suddenly go crazy and kill both of his loving parents? Chandler, although he had this great work-from-home job with American Insurance Company, was always broke. He's always borrowing money from his parents or his girlfriend. His dad wants to know where all his money is going. Chandler explains that there was an issue with payroll. 
He's salary, but they had him listed as being hourly. Then they sent the money to the wrong account. There was always an excuse for why he hadn't gotten paid. Bottom line, Chandler's been, air quotes, working for this insurance company for six months, and he hasn't been paid yet. If I'm working for a company and I don't get my first paycheck due to a clerical error, I'll wait another pay period for them to sort it out. But after that, I'm looking for another job. I'm not going to continue to work for a company that isn't paying me. Chandler showed his dad emails between him and his employer that says, look, you can see them tell me that my paycheck is still being processed, etc., etc. He had an email stating that he would be receiving all the back pay in one lump sum. These email addresses are Gmail accounts, which are free and you can make a hundred of them if you want, but most businesses and schools don't use Gmail accounts. Bart contacted American Home Insurance, and they said they've never heard of Chandler, nor had they ever heard of Tom Selznick, who was the human resources specialist that sent Chandler the email. In June 2021, one month before their deaths, Bart tries to get a discount on his car insurance because Chandler was an honor roll student at college. I remember when we got our son added to our car insurance, he was 18, and I remember having to pay $600 additional upfront for the first month, and then my car insurance tripled after that. So I can see why Bart was looking for discounts any way he could. Car insurance companies give discounts for students with good grades. Bart tells Chandler to get him his transcripts so he can send them to his insurance company and get this discount every month. Chandler tries to get the transcripts, but tells his dad there was an issue. He was having lots of trouble getting it. He gives him this elaborate story about why he couldn't get it. He even shows his dad emails that he had back and forth with the college. What his dad must not have realized was that the alleged emails from the college were also from a Gmail account. Colleges, like most businesses, don't usually correspond using Gmail. Chandler gives Bart the name and number of the person he could call to speak to about this. Bart calls and says the person on the other line sounded a lot like Chandler. The phone number was traced to a burner phone that Chandler had purchased. Eventually, Bart looks up the number and calls into the school himself, and he pretends to be Chandler. And you can find this recording on YouTube because it was played in court, and it was really sad because this is the last recording of Bart. He would be dead the next day. He says he needs his transcript and a copy of this certificate that Chandler had earned. The person on the other end of the call was a legit employee of Madison Technical College. His name is Omar Job. Omar tells Bart that they do not have anyone by the name of Chandler Halderson at Madison Technical College. Bart's like, no, you're wrong, and you can tell Bart is getting upset. He tells Omar about the emails he had gotten from the staff. He says, have you heard of uh, Alyssa Brandt? Omar says, there's no one here by that name. He says, well, what about Daniel Spieth? These are the school administrators that Chandler had emails from. Omar says, there's no one here by that name either. They talk for a while, and Omar says that he doesn't see that he was admitted into any classes since 2020. He tells him, you are not a current student here, and you have an outstanding tuition balance of $2,000. 
It's now that Bart realized his son had been fooling him the whole time, fooling his mom, his girlfriend, his brother, everyone. Bart thanks Omar and they hang up. Bart texts Chandler, I talked to Omar Jobes. Bart had planned this meeting between himself, Chandler, and the college and said they're going to go down there and meet with him and get all of this straightened out or find out what's been going on. The meeting was set for the next day, July 1st at 3 o'clock p.m. All these lies that Chandler had carefully crafted so he could stay home and play video games were falling apart. He lied about his job, his school, SpaceX, scuba diving for the police department. He wasn't a certified scuba diver like he claimed. The police department said they don't even have a scuba team. Chandler falling down the stairs and getting a concussion may have been on purpose because he needed to delay his move to Florida because there was no job at SpaceX. He did go to the hospital and he was given a neck brace, but that's it. Everything was lies and Bart knows this now. Bart's final text to Chandler was at 2.15, right before the meeting they were supposed to be at at 3 o'clock. The text read, I'm ready whenever you are. Shortly after Bart sent this text, his health app on his iPhone stopped. This is when police believe was his time of death. Chandler shot him in the back multiple times in the basement of their home. Chandler sent a text shortly afterwards to his mom, Krista, that said, Dad's phone died. Then he sent a second message that said, Get soda on your way home. I've got an extra hour of work. Krista arrived home at 5.12 p.m. The neighbor's ring camera showed her black Volvo pull into the garage, and we do not know what happened after that. We don't know how she died. All we have to go on are her right leg and left foot. Later that night at 8.24 p.m., the black Volvo is seen leaving the house and driving to the local Quick Mart convenience store. Chandler is seen on camera purchasing two bags of ice. The next morning, Chandler was spotted buying a 6-foot by 8-foot tarp. So we learn that Chandler had killed his parents and that at nighttime attempted to burn their bodies in the living room fireplace. A neighbor testified that on the night of July 1st, he smelled wood burning outside and knew the Haldersons were using their fireplace, which he thought was odd for July. But then the smell changed, and trigger warning here, he began to smell something similar to, as he described, barbecued pork. The neighbor across the street had a ring camera, and you can see the Haldersons' house. It showed smoke, like a lot of smoke, coming from the chimney. It showed a flickering light in the living room consistent with a fire burning. At 3 o'clock a.m., the video showed the light in the living room got really, really bright, and then it went out. Between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m., the garage light was turned on seven times. Investigators determined that Chandler attempted to burn his parents' remains in the fireplace, but he doesn't realize that fat on a body is extremely flammable. Basically, this small living room fireplace is a crematory. Because of the burn marks and the bubbling of the paint above the fireplace and the broken glass panel, it appears that the fire got so hot it almost went into the rest of the living room. 
fat from the bodies shot out of the fireplace and hit the glass panel in front of the fireplace and caused it to shatter. It wasn't the dog chasing after a ball. In the fireplace's ash trap, 230 bone fragments were recovered. Measuring tape was found on a table in the living room. He was likely measuring the body parts and what he could fit into the fireplace because Chandler realized he couldn't burn the rest of the bodies in this fireplace without causing a scene, he came up with a second plan, which was to dispose of the parts in various locations. His dad's torso on the farm and his mom's leg and foot near the river. Who knows if other body parts are elsewhere? He likely made a number of stops. Traces of human blood were found in the basement chest freezer. Blood splatter was found on a safe in the basement along with bullet fragments on the basement floor. Luminol was used throughout the house and found that there was blood in various spots that had been cleaned up. The SKS rifle that he killed his parents with, where did it come from? The rifle belonged to a man named Andrew Smith. Andrew was a soldier who was stationed in Germany when he met Chandler online playing video games. He knew Chandler was a fan of Russian guns. They had been online friends for three or four years. Andrew finally got the chance to visit Chandler in June 2021 and stay at his house for two days. He bought Chandler the gun and 480 rounds of ammunition as a gift. He had initially bought it for himself but decided it wasn't right for him and thought Chandler would like it more. I want to believe his intentions were good in giving Chandler the gun. I highly doubt this man knew that Chandler would kill his parents with it a month later. Now, Andrew didn't get the gun registered to Chandler or any paperwork stating that it was a gift. Maybe a firearms expert could chime in here on how to go about giving someone a gun as a gift. But what he did do was he took a picture of the serial number with Chandler's driver's license next to it. He probably should have gotten a document notarized that had the serial number on it and that he was gifting it to Chandler Halderson. That way he had something more to protect himself in case it was used in a, in a crime. In this case, a double homicide was committed. In March 2022, Chandler was found guilty after the jury deliberated for only two hours. On each charge, he was given the maximum sentence. For two counts each of first-degree intentional homicide, he received life in prison without the possibility of parole. For mutilating a corpse, he received seven years, six months. For hiding a corpse, he received seven years, six months. And for providing false information about a missing person, he received three years. Chandler's attorney said her client is a normal kid who deserved the assumption of innocence. Meanwhile, Dane County Deputy District Attorney William Brown says Chandler Halderson killed his parents on July 1, 2021. He cut up their bodies with axes and saws and knives, and he didn't even give them the dignity of having a funeral or even a final resting place in one piece or together. Their remains were scattered across Dane County in public land, on farms, in garbage cans, in rivers, and perhaps every ditch is a possibility in this county. I feel bad for Chandler's brother, Mitchell, who is one year older. Mitchell is a good, productive member of society and has done well with his life and had all the things that Chandler wanted. 
Mitchell lost his mom, his dad, and his only sibling is away for the rest of his life for two murders. If Chandler put half the effort into school and work as he put into deceiving everyone, he would have been successful. He was doing more work just covering his lies. His parents gave him plenty of opportunities, and they were supportive. He had so many elaborate lies, and they were becoming hard to keep up with. Chandler told police he didn't feel bad about what he did. He is currently serving a life sentence at Dodge Correctional Institution in Wisconsin, which is the oldest prison in the state, and it is a really rough prison. This prison was featured in the news recently due to overcrowding. Prisoners are on lockdown all the time due to a shortage of staff. They are in their cells 24 hours a day. The building is only able to hold 882 inmates, but there's 1,000 inmates in total and only 10 guards. According to Wisconsin Watch, the conditions at the prison have gotten really bad. There's no toilet paper and other basic necessities. They don't get to go outside, and they also aren't allowed any visitors. Chandler Halderson spends his days in this prison. Other notable prisoners are Stephen Avery, you may remember him from Netflix Making a Murderer series, and also Chris Watts is there. Chris Watts murdered his wife, Shanann, and their daughters in 2018 at their home in Colorado, but he was relocated to Wisconsin due to safety concerns. Rest in peace to two loving parents, Bart and Krista Halderson, who didn't deserve to die in their home by the child they loved so much. That's it for this week, and I'll see you all again soon. Take care, and much love to you all. Intro music is Feral Angel Waltz, which is composed by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons. All his music can be found on his website, incompetech.com.